And welcome to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management, a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds. Got to welcome our listeners at CHQR in Calgary as well, as uh, we always start every week, Darren, with the uh, the market update. How are things, my friend? Not too bad, John. This week was a good week for gold and silver. As we're taping the show right now, we are ranging in gold at around 1330 to 1345, and silver is in the 2150 range, mm-hmm. and up again, both metals for the third week in a row now. Uh, gold was holding steady as was silver up until about Thursday and through Thursday into Friday morning they both broke out of a couple of key resistance levels and both are poised to move ahead in the coming week. Now usually we get some type of insight from the miners, the, the stock market that is, the junior mining stocks and they usually do trend forward, which usually from a technical standpoint gives us some insight based on other fundamentals that the market is forging ahead. Well, this week had both good and bad for the junior miner, uh, junior mining stocks, but the reality is that you'll see a lot of analysis now if you're reading and researching that's talking about the correlation between the mining stocks and the price of gold and silver moving forward. So that's the expectation right now. In our interview last week with Marianne Aiden, one half yeah. of the famous Aiden sisters, she said as much also and pointed out that there are some key elements to that uh, fundamental analysis that do support gold and silver moving forward right now. Now, the bankers did show up. They reared their ugly heads on Friday. We're taping the show on Friday, and uh, they are definitely going to be shorting the mining stocks. You can see it happening already, and it usually bleeds over into the metals pricing. So expect that to be somewhat of a battle through these price ranges. As we said in the last three shows, Really what we're looking for is silver to breach up into the 1400 level. And if it breached 1400, that would be extremely mm-hmm. bullish. And silver at the 22 level would also be extremely bullish. But it is definitely foreshadowing this move in the mining uh, stocks is definitely foreshadowing a move to come in the near future. Now, uh, what we'll have to see is whether or not if there is any price fluctuation to the downside coming into Monday's market, whether or not we're going to see China and Russia pick up some cheap metal. My guess is that they will. Now, in other news, uh, the Middle East, we talk about four fundamentals every week on every show. Uh, we talk about the the uh, amount of uh, the money that's being printed in the form of inflation that's going to be coming out. We'll talk a bit about it later. We talk about the U.S. dollar weakening, and we talk about geopolitics, and we talk about supply and demand. On the geopolitics front in the Middle East this week, fighting is intensifying. Uh, and in Israel, they, they are fighting Hamas in the Gaza Strip uh, by the sea and the land. And in fr- on Friday, Israel called up 20,000 reservists. And there's no doubt in my mind that there's going to be some type of ground attack that could commence very shortly in that region. The Israelis are quite concerned that the Hamas has acquired many long-range missiles. And a lot of the stuff that's coming out uh, in writing and reports is is telling us that that situation is heating up. Uh, again, in, on Friday, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem received rocket fire, but it, it was blown out of the sky with uh, what they call the Iron Shield. So there's stuff developing over there, and that is definitely going to be supportive of gold and pricing it, within the region, a lot of people will flock to safety, and uh, the safe haven bets are always gold and, of course, uh, silver. So that's something that we're watching as well. Well, the interesting thing is, is that you know there's still a civil war going on in Syria that you would never know about it. It doesn't yeah. seem to appear anywhere on the news or newspapers. Uh, there's still insurgents and problems in with ISIS with Iraq. Uh, never mind Ukraine. I mean, there's a lot of problems all over the world yet. The U.S. dollar gets stronger and stronger. The stock market goes up and up and up. And 
nobody can figure out how and why. Smart people can't figure out why the stock market, whether it's the Dow, the Nasdaq, uh, or the S&P, is moving up at, this, at a considerable rate. We saw gold and silver move up this week. Um, we think it's ready, to, really, to bust out. Um, if you go back to 2011, silver was trading at you know a high of $49. Gold was trading around about 1920. Um, I don't expect gold and silver to jump up to that highs this year, but I think we're going to come pretty close. If, as Darren said, once we breach $22 in silver or even 22.50, there has to be a lot of short covering with silver, and you're going to see the prices go up. Um, the demand for silver right now is incredible. Um, we put our orders in every day, purchasing uh, product. Uh, it's a little easier to get hold of the product than it was a couple of months ago. It's the summer months, but it's still, I've been told, I was speaking today for a couple of our suppliers, it's getting tight. And we believe uh, that gold and silver is ready to move up. And at the prices we've got, 2150 silver, 1330, 1340 gold, I think is an incredible safe price uh, to get into the market. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Paul, tell us how easy it is, because it is really easy uh, through Guildhall to get physical gold yeah, and silver. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, you've got to make the attempt. You want to be able to get into the market. Uh, there's a lot of people out there have been sitting on the fence. They've been watching these markets for a long time, watching silver and gold move back up slowly. And, you know, the question is, is it going to come down? We can never fish the bottom, you know, in the price of silver. We had Gerald Salenti on a couple of weeks ago, David Morgan uh, two weeks ago, and he's, he called the bottom, I think, at $18.17 for mm. silver. Last year, he said that was the price that he got his clients in, and we've been getting our clients in, you know, from $18.17 and up. At Guildhall, it's very easy to, you know, as to open an account. The first thing you do is pick up that phone, make that phone call. If you want to buy gold, silver, platinum, platinum, you can buy it. You can take it home for immediate delivery. The second option that we have is that we have a depository that's safe, secure. We can allocate and segregate your product and even title and bar, give you the bar numbers. Nobody is doing this in the industry right now in Canada, and it's available to you. The third option we have is finance precious metals, and this can be done as well. And financing is not for everybody. You can put up as little as 20% and finance the other 80%. But this is the time to get in. If you've been sitting on the fence watching these markets, they're very explosive. You know, it's better to be sometimes a month, two months too early than one day too late. You know, the market jumps up two, three dollars in silver and it can happen very quickly. You know, we've been in this market since silver was three dollars and eighty cents mm. and gold was trading at two fifty. And I can assure you we've seen moves of two and three dollars in a day and gold of twenty five and thirty and forty and fifty dollars in a day and it happens very, very quickly. All it takes is a little bit of short covering. When the market believes that gold and silver is worthless and, you know, they keep on shorting the market and shorting the market and then we have all these geopolitical explosions and then we hear things like banks in Portugal, you know, in Bulgaria, they're, you know, they're in trouble. Even today, uh, the fourth biggest bank in Bulgaria really doesn't mean anything, but, you know, they've closed up. But it's still another financial institution that's gone in the dumper. It's as simple yeah. as that. You have to look after your hard-earned you know, money, you know, your capital. Everybody works hard for their money. The problem is right now, when you've got countries printing money at an unbelievable rate, 
fiat currencies, whether it's the US, whether it's Europe, whether it's Canada, whether it's Great Britain, whether it's Japan, when they are printing, they are confiscating your wealth at an unbelievable rate. They are diluting your capital. So you need to be in an asset that's going to keep you on par with what's happening in the market. And gold and silver, and we're going to talk about natural fancy colored diamonds later uh, mm-hmm. in the segments, but those are the three areas that we believe, gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds that are going to keep you in good, good shape. And especially if you're looking for your retirement, you're looking for your kids' university education, this, this is the time to get in and make these purchases. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and TheRealMoneyShow.com. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Portugal, Darren. Well, it's a little island just to- off the spot. <laughs> Very nice, today, sunny, yeah. generally. Well, uh, in, it's in a paper story this week, but I mean, the reality is that all parts of the world are experiencing financial pressure, especially uh, the developed parts of the world. And there's another story. Uh, banks all over the world have been failing, and there really has been no rebound of significance coming out of the banking sectors in most of the major centers of the world. Not yet, but uh, in the news this week, it looks like the second largest Portuguese bank in Portugal is in really deep trouble as its bonds uh, collapsed due to a missed payment. Uh, Stock markets around the world kind of felt this uh, in the news and the fears of contagion, kind of like a black swan event uh, that might be upon us is kind of playing out right now. And it's real big fear because little events like that can stream into the mainstream. And if that catches fire because of mispayments here, it can lead to mispayments elsewhere. So the EU will be struggling to put out fires for the better part of the next few weeks as a result of that. And then we get in news on the the heels of that, that the Japan machine orders fell by 19.7% month over month. Their economy is just shattering to pieces in mm-hmm. front of us, and it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. And to my Japanese friends, I mean, I talk to them quite frequently about it. It's not great. Uh, many people are, are clamoring to keep what they do have and to effectively invest it into better things elsewhere in the world, and many people are just looking for alternatives to get out of the country. So it's not certainly uh, anything new there. They've been experiencing huge financial problems for a long time, but it adds to the overall story. We were just sitting here before taping the show and the Canadian numbers came right over the TV screen saying that uh, this month unemployment has risen in Canada to 7.1%. And uh, in the month just leading up uh, to July and June, they shed 9,400 jobs in the economy. That they shouldn't were be happening. to this. get a raise or an increase of about 21,000. So it didn't happen. Mm. But in, then you look across the border of the U.S., they come up with so much BS and they change the figures every couple of weeks and everything is rosy. The difference is, is the U.S. currency is probably the best of the worst bunch. So that's Scary. worth getting. So it's the worst house. on. Is it the best house on the worst street? Maybe. Um, but you've got to start taking care of your assets, your hard assets. Real estate right now, extremely hot in, in Canada and especially in Toronto. But... It's getting very, very close to that bubble. We've spoken to it, uh, we've addressed it last week or the week before we were talking about it. And a lot of people are talking about real estate is overheated. Now, there's only a certain amount of places you can put money. You can put Mm -hmm. money in the bank. You can put money in the stock market. You can put money in real estate. You can put money in hard assets or in bonds, Uh, you know, gold and silver, oil, you can't have everything rising all the time. doesn't work. Something's got to come and something's got to give. And real estate's gone up like a rocket ship. What goes up must come down. 
The stock market has increased almost doubled over the last five years, but really it's only got back to where it was. It got smashed down pretty good in 2008, 2009. Um, gold and silver moved up over the last you know, 10 years from $3.80 to 2011 to $49. Gold was at $19.20. That got really banged down over the last three years to a low of $18.17 silver, around about eleven eighty gold. This is the time to get into gold and silver. It's a safe haven. The smart money is starting to get into it. Yes, it doesn't give you a dividend, but it does protect you against falling prices, against the stock market, against real estate. What happens when interest rates start going up? What's going to happen to the real estate market? And in my words, interest rates have to go up because inflation is, you know, nipping at our heels. And this is something you've said a million times, guys. You don't day trade this stuff. You buy it and you hold on to it, right? Absolutely. We'll uh, take our first break. You want to uh, get in touch and start investing. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. And back with The Real Money Show. The number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver and online, therealmoneyshow.com. Darren, uh, let's get back into this and for, uh, kick off the second segment, the Bank for International Settlements. What's going on there? Well, the BIS, as it's referred to, is a consortium of the world's biggest central banks. And essentially, they give uh, advice that gets passed through country to country from time to time in large reports and different pieces of uh, writing that they issue to the world at large. We didn't get a good chance to cover this last week. We were doing the interview with Marianne Aiden, but they put out a report last week which gave an alarming warning about the growing levels of debt and the very unintended consequences of zero interest rate policies. And one of the biggest things that they're talking about in this article is the fact that we have had a situation occur where interest rates have been kept artificially low and from a macro perspective, what that results in are a lot of dangerous things occurring long term. Now, this report was issued by that uh, abyss, and it noted that the overall uh, problem is that it's hard to avoid a sense of puzzling disconnect between the market's buoyancy and the underlying economic developments that are happening globally. And as Paul said in the first part, this is the reason why so many investors are looking around the world and saying, hey, how can the stock market in the U.S., the world's largest economy, be rising? Right. But the uh, attributing factors that lead to a rising stock market not be forging ahead alongside. So the head of the, the uh, BIS, or the Bank for National Settlements Economic Department, he noted that financial markets have been euphoric, and they've been in the grip of an aggressive search for yield. And yet investment in the real economy remains weak, while the macroeconomic and geopolitical outlook is still highly uncertain. They also noted the obvious when it cautioned uh, that ultra-low levels of inter- interest rates due to financial repression by central banks, which encourages further borrowing, uh, can lead to very, very big problems because they are doing a ton more borrowing than they typically would be. Now, look at a house, for example. A house buyer goes in, he sees that there are low interest rates. What are the odds that the average person goes in and buys more house than they should because the interest rates are low? Now, most people in Canada will have fixed mortgage rates, not a lot of variable mortgage rates anymore, not as much as there used to be. Mm -hmm. But for those that do have variable interest rates, when the interest rate environment starts to change, you'll know it because you'll feel it in your pocketbook. You're going to lose a point a month because they're basically going to take this up very fast. uh, And I believe that this is going to lead us towards recognizing that, number one, the amount of printing we've done is inflationary. And number two, because we're already seeing 
the signs of inflation and the writing on the wall that we're going to have interest rates that rise into the double digit um, into the d- double digits and that's something we don't want to admit to we certainly don't want to look back at the 1980s and you know hmm. talk to our parents and grandparents and those people that were affected by these huge interest rates and those that are listening uh, because that was a time in which if you had money in the bank you were earning 12 14 15 percent uh, return on your money without doing anything and in addition to that you were also paying you know upwards of 20 to 22 percent mortgage rates crazy right it's insane i mean you can only imagine what that would do to your pocketbook if you had to do that now are employers ready to adjust their cost of living on a yearly basis to effectively combat that of course they're not no employer is going to work wake up in the morning and say hey you guys need a six seven percent increase because inflation is eating away at your income but paul is right they've been printing for far too long now it's been the most aggressive we've ever seen in history and as a result only a few small areas are going to be able to benefit from this type of uh, outcome one of them is hard assets whether it's natural fancy colored diamonds whether it's gold silver platinum and palladium and we'll touch on palladium in a minute because yep. it's now trading up above 870 per ounce yeah. we started calling it at 749 so this is a big, huge issue. But what it's basically doing is it's allowing this the Bank of International Settlements, this report is allowing everybody around the world to start recognizing that what's been swept under the rug is creating a bump. And now people are going to start to trip over it. And once that happens, it opens up everybody's eyes. You're seeing small regions around the world test what happens if banks fail. Portugal. Uh, I was just reading uh, on your screen, Paul, that there was a bank uh, in Bolivia, the fourth largest bank. Bulgaria. They're going to let it. Bulgaria, Bulgaria. Sorry, they're going to let it fail. And Something I mean, ending in an IA. Well, that's it. Starting with they're, a B. They're yeah. going to let it. Uh, they're going to let it fail. Now, these are small things in in you know in comparison to the large Canadian or U.S. or uh, European central banks. But this is the telltale signs. We've seen the writing on the wall for some time. To think that we've come out of this and that all of a sudden the economy is great and we're going towards another period of growth is ridiculous. And it's leading uh, economic indicators like housing and banking stats that are telling this around the world. So we should not shy away from it. We shouldn't bury our heads. We should go out and at least make sure our portfolios are diversified enough that we have protection in the event these things come to fruition. Having physical gold and silver and a natural fancy colored diamond could not be easier in this day and, in this, this day and age. It, it, last night we were, we were actually in Kitchener. We were doing a, a presentation. And the interesting thing is, and we always talk about it, how many people actually own gold and silver what percentage everybody knows about real estate everybody you know not everybody owns a home but most people own a home or a second property rsps Uh, rsps they know a little bit about it i mean it's put in your face it's you know rsp season you know it's on the tv it's on the newspaper it's everywhere you know at the bank you walk in and they're pushing it on you Mm -hmm. uh you know worse than being in a bar trying to get a drink um the whole point is what i'm trying to get at there's hardly anybody knows about investing in gold and silver. They're not taught about it. Uh, They don't know about it. They know about gold jewelry. They know about chains, but they don't know anything about gold. They don't know anything about silver, its usages, where it's used, how it's used. And in countries that weren't very strong 20, 30 years ago, like China, as in India, and, uh, you know, we can take Brazil, uh, these countries are now have come to the forth, forefront and are using and manufacturing and using up the metals. 
everything we use today has some silver in it, whether it's a flat-screen TV, whether it's a, an iPhone, whether it's an iPad. Solar panels, whether it's all a, stuff. You know, yeah. a missile, a solar panel, everything is, you know, has got some mm-hmm. silver in it. And it's not as if it's a mainstay of the mining industry. Gold, silver, for example, uh, you know, there's only a, the mines, there's only about 25% of the mines actually produce silver as silver. It's a byproduct of copper, zinc, and gold mining. So it's not a main product that's being produced at one time. How many ounces was it? About nine billion ounces above ground stockpiled in silver. At the at the peak in the sixties, there was a, about nine billion. By the time nineteen eighty came around, it was about three and a half billion. And now, as of two thousand and fourteen, there's less than nine hundred million. That's crazy right. so decline. How many people know about it? What we're trying to do is tell people, mark people's card, give them a little of insight of what's going on. Silver can't keep on trading at twenty one fifty. It's being used up. It doesn't matter if the U.S. economy goes right in the dumper. Uh, it's or even if the U.S. economy does well. If they're doing well, they've got to manufacture. They're going to use silver. If China does well manufacturing it has to use silver it doesn't matter it's going to get used up and there's only so much you can pull out of the ground there is lots and lots of silver below sea level but it's costing more and more to pull out of the ground this is where oil comes in we spoke about this last night to some people the cost of oil is expensive it's not ten dollars a barrel at ten dollars a barrel you know you could pull silver out of the ground it didn't matter if you sold it at five six dollars but when it's a hundred dollars a barrel it's expensive those trucks that go backwards and forwards and it's the same in the diamond industry they go up and down these huge hills and whatever they've built to you know to pull the, the metal out they're hauling dirt it costs money to haul the dirt that's the price of gasoline and diesel we spoke to some people again. We talk about we're going to talk about natural fancy colored diamonds, but nobody knows about natural fancy colored diamonds. They know about white diamonds. They get engaged, or you know, they're buying somebody a present, or they're on a, a trip to the Caribbean and they run off of that boat and they see duty free and they go and buy white diamonds. They think they're getting a deal. White diamonds don't go up in price. Natural fancy colored diamonds appreciate at an unbelievable rate. So what we're trying to do at Guildhall is educate the public to buy a product that's going to keep you safe in these turbulent times. And they're going to be turbulent times. You cannot keep recession down. You cannot keep interest rates down. Um, we had on David Morgan, we had on the Aiden Sisters, and every one of these people believed by the end of 2015, gold and silver could just skyrocket. one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Darren. Well, the fear is that the euphoria that's been created by these rising stock markets uh, will will burst, and unfortunately, the bankers who know which direction the markets are heading, and very rarely do they allude to the public what the accurate direction is, uh, will be the first out. They'll save themselves. Believe me, they were not. They will not go out of their way to try and protect the average investor. They didn't do it in two thousand and eight. And the problem that I have is that if we had real economic expansion, we'd see growth in all of the mainstay variables. Housing would be on fire right now, and in Canada, to a certain extent, we've continued to see prices rise. But there have been so many warnings from around the world about what is happening in Canadian real estate right now, and uh, ultimately. 
why risk it? Why as an investor put all of your eggs in one basket and have nothing but paper in your portfolio? It makes no sense. It never has and it never will. As an investor, you want to be diversified. You want to have hard assets and you want to be able to have as much as you can possibly afford in terms of gold, silver, and natural fancy color diamonds. This is the offsetting factor and it mitigates risk. It helps you to balance that portfolio and give yourself a shot if in fact something bad did happen once again. Darren, you mentioned uh, Palladium a short time ago. Tell me more. Well, the good news is for the miners in South Africa, a new deal was signed and sealed. I'm certain it will have some bumps along the road. But the downside of this is is that Palladium and Platinum continue to rise in pricing. I said a little earlier in the show, Palladium is now over $100 per ounce more expensive than when we first called it just about two months ago. (laughs) And this is rising due in part to the fact that despite the fact they've got a new deal signed and the miners have gone back to work in South Africa, one of the largest suppliers in the world of palladium and platinum, they were going to have or end up having this year a shortfall. And that shortfall cannot be made up by existing supplies. So sooner or later, by end of year, you will start to hear of shortages developing. And that means car manufacturers, which is one particular sector right now, which happens to be doing all right around the world, car manufacturers are going to have a tough time trying to get the amount of palladium they need in to put into their catalytic converters. Shortages are events that drive the market. It will push the price higher. It would not surprise me if palladium by mid-year next year is breaching 1,000 an ounce and towards or moving towards its all-time high. Well, and, you plus, will, and you'll see a lot of catalytic converters stolen out of cars for the platinum. You're already seeing that happen. And the emerging car market in China, right? Sure, More and more cars going there, too. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break. one eight seven seven eight silver on the realmoneyshow.com. Natural fancy colored diamonds. Stick around. We're going those next. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and the realmoneyshow.com. We're back. Before we get into a natural fancy colored diamonds, Darren, tell us about a uh, special on silver you have. Well, this week we're going to, for every person that adds a 100-ounce bar to their depository account, for every 100-ounce bar you add, we'll give you one free silver maple leaf coin. Very cool. Very cool. Tell us about uh, diamonds. I love this part, uh, Paul. Probably my favorite part of the show. You talked about earlier people just don't have enough awareness about uh, silver and gold, even more so natural fancy colored diamonds. Yeah, we we tend to do a lot of seminars now where we're actually out educating our clients and new clients and clients, existing clients on how to get involved in owning uh, natural fancy colored diamonds. Um, The secret of natural fancy colored diamonds, they've been around you know, for basically for centuries, and the, the people that owned them were royalty, uh, especially the big diamonds, you know, the 10-carat and the 20-carat pinks and blues that are now going into auction houses and, you know, fetching 30 40 $50 million, ridiculous amounts, yeah. uh, way, way above the reserve that, you know, Sotheby's and Christie's, as an example, are expecting. Um, this sets up the marketplace... Not everybody can go and buy a 30-carat or a 20-carat pink diamond, but it sets the market up for investing in natural fancy-colored diamonds. Now, at Guildhall, we specialize in the highest quality of investment-grade natural fancy-colored diamonds. Now, natural fancy-colored diamonds come in fancy, intense, and vivid. Those are the three grades of diamonds that we buy. Uh, If you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, if you look at the yellows, you'll see... A majority of internally flawless, over one carat. Um, 
we like to sell internally flawless, but it doesn't mean that a VS or a VVS diamond is a bad diamond. When I buy a diamond, I'm buying it. My first consideration is color. Color is everything to me. If it's a deep color uh, and the diamond is cut great uh, and the fire and the scintillation is coming off and the sparks come off of that diamond, that's a diamond that I want to own. So the color is the most important. The second is the clarity. So when we're selling, you know, for example, yellow diamonds, we like to sell fancy, intense and vivid over a carrot, internally flawless, if the color and the clarity is right, those are the most desirable diamonds that we go out and choose. And we're very, very picky of what diamonds we buy. I look at maybe 50, 60 diamonds during the course of the month. I may buy six or seven. Oh. I'm turning down what somebody else is going to buy. Somebody else is going to buy it, even if they're internally flawless. I may not buy those diamonds. I don't like the color. It's not a strong color. It's not evenly balanced. There may be... an you know, it's not so bad sometimes to have an extra facet in a diamond, but sometimes they're badly cut and they've got a, many, many facets, which really doesn't improve, you know, the investment grade of that diamond. Cut is, stream, is really, really important. Certain cuts bring out the color in diamonds. So whether it's a cushion, a radiant, a pear, an emerald cut, uh, they bring out the color and they hold the color. So all these... Different things and the current size make up the four C's, make up an investment quality diamond. Most people don't understand. For every 10,000 white diamonds mined, there is only one carat of color. That doesn't mean it's investment grade. You have to mine maybe one million carats of white wow. diamonds to find a fancy, vivid, yellow, internally flawless over a carat. That's like finding a needle in a haystack. There's a lot of white diamonds out there. In actual fact, I think De Beers, which is one of the largest diamond uh, site holders, uh, they have enough diamonds to fill two double-decker buses, I believe. So that's white diamonds. And, they, you know, their philosophy is diamonds are forever. You know, they don't want you to sell your diamond. They want you to buy a diamond, put it in, buy it in a ring and keep it forever. Mm -hmm. With Guildhall, we sell investment-grade diamonds. We expect you to hold that diamond for maybe five years, 10 years, 15 years. They double, the type of diamonds we, we sell tend to double every four or five years. It all depends whether you buy a red diamond, and red diamonds tend to double you know, every year, every 18 months. Blue diamonds are doubling right now every two years to two and a half years. That's if you buy a blue, vivid, internally flawless, not a blue-gray you know, that's an SI1. That is not going to go up. It's the quality that you buy that's going to go yes. up. Pinks are doubling every you know, three years right now on the Argyle pinks. Now, we sell on the Argyle pinks. We only sell VS quality. Most, Ar most pinks that come out of the Argyle mine, which is in Western Australia, and that, by the way, is closing in 2018, are smallish diamonds, less than a quarter of a carat, and SI1, SI2, I1, which is a low grade of clarity. It means you can actually see the inclusions with a naked eye. We sell VS, which means it's very slightly included, or VVS, or internally flawless if we can find them. We have, in my opinion, the highest quality of Argyle pinks up on our website right now. Mm -hmm. Yellows, internally flawless, magnificent diamonds, and you can get into a yellow diamond as an investment, you know, one carat for around about $12,000. We show people the difference between, you can show two diamonds, they look exactly the same, 
but one could be worth $50,000 and one could be worth $12,000. It's all about the color, the saturation, the cut, the clarity, how well made the diamond is. So go to our website, look at the stones. They're magnificent. In the last 40 years since they've been keeping records, over 40 years, they have never, ever dropped in price. Ever since they've been keeping records, and we go by, uh, these are by auction houses, by dealers, wholesalers. They have not gone down. They've always increased in price, even in the worst times. Through recessions uh, and through highs and lows, they keep on going up. You also have to take into consideration 20, 30 years ago, even 10 years ago, China and India weren't big players in the market. Today, they are big, big players in the world market. And the wealth has grown. There is more millionaires and billionaires coming out of China and India and Brazil and in Russia. And they want what we've got in the, in the West. They want what we have. That's why, why do you think stores like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, are opening up all over China? They're not opening up because they want to see their name in lights. They're opening up because they're making money. They're selling to people that have money. And people that have money and have class know what natural fancy colored diamonds are. They've been collecting them. It's a great opportunity to get into this market. If you're looking to retire, if you're looking to put your kids through university, if you hold on to a diamond, you'll buy a diamond for 25000 In 15 to 20 years, that diamond could be worth $100,000. And I'll give you a quick example. 30 years ago, you could have bought a one-carat red, very hard diamond to find. But you could have bought that for about $30,000. Today, you're looking at about $2.1 million. Not a bad return on investment. You know, a fancy, vivid, internally flawless. Ten years ago, you could have picked one up for seven, 8000 Today, you're looking at around about $35,000 and improving all the time. We've had clients, and, and the biggest thing is people always say to me, well, how do we, what do I do if I buy the diamond I want to sell it? Right. That's a great question. For us to be able to sell that diamond, we buy the finest diamonds that we can lay our, hand, our hands on. So I'm not worried about taking it back. If I was buying garbage, I don't want to sell garbage twice. I want to sell a diamond, and I'm happy to get it back. Why are successful real estate brokers do very well? They sell homes, they know about the homes, and sometimes they, they sell that house maybe three, four times in that area over a period because they know the homes, they know quality is quality, and it's the same with diamonds. We will always have an inventory because the diamonds that we've sold are of the best quality, and I'm, I don't mind taking a diamond back. There's people out there that sell diamonds. They say, oh, we sell it, but we don't buy them back. We will buy them back. We give. It is a, there's a way to do it. We have, we're actually, my daughter, Nicole, who's a diamond grading expert from GIA, she's actually writing an article that we're going to be sending out to everybody, how to sell your diamond. And we're very, very excited because at Guildhall, we want to give you a way to sell that diamond. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com and guildhalldiamonds.com as well to uh, check out the entire uh, array of diamonds that you have. How about wealth to wear? Are people still interested in that, even with uh, natural fancy well, colored yeah, diamonds? Well, yeah, I right? mean, th this is a phenomenon as well because people buy the diamonds uh, and then 
they said, well, what do I do? Do I put it in the safe deposit right. box? Do I bury it in the, you know, the pandy drawer or whatever they're going to do with it? Or do they, they want to have the fun of wearing it? And that's why we call it Wealth to Wear because we have a designer we work with that does unbelievable work. We've turned out over the last couple of months. A lot of clients have you know, bought diamonds and we've turned them into rings and pendants and they're extremely happy and satisfied uh, with the product. And we can design anything that you want. You know, Nicole, myself, uh, and our designer will take you through, and Darren and Jeremy will take you through the whole process. We will show you hundreds of different designs. You know, it's most important. Everybody doesn't have the same fingers. You know, there's a little thin, there's some have a little chubby, mm-hmm. you know, some have big fingers, small fingers. I mean, you can't put, you know, a one-carat diamond on somebody that's got, you know, chubby little fingers. It just doesn't work. I mean, so you have to dress it up. I'm not being too sarcastic and too funny, but that's what happens. So we help the client pick out the diamond. When the, not so much that. The diamond will pick out the client. That's always the way. And then we will you know, figure out what they want. We will show them designs. We will show them even jewelry that we have in stock and perfect something that's unique to them. The question is unique, that they're going to get something that it's not cookie cutter that's coming out of a... You know, they have a tray of of rings and you just drop the diamond in. That's not what we do. It's We design that especially for you. And what it does, it appreciates while you're wearing it. Now, the difference is to buy, a, for example, a Vivid Internally Flawless, which is great. Now, do you want to put that in a ring? If you're never, ever going to sell that diamond, then, you know, we would say go down just a clarity grade to a VS um, you're going to save a bit of money. It's going to be just the most beautiful diamond anyway, but you can save a little bit of money just on the clarity because no one's going to come up to you with a jeweler's loop or a microscope right. and try to look at that diamond. So there's a question of that. But in the States, when we, you know, we sell product, you know, most of the women, they just want huge stones. They don't care if it's 10 carat um, and it's got lots of inclusions as long as it's big in the state size matters. In Canada, we try to... In, you know, tell people and to get them to invest in quality. Quality is always will outlast, you know, and that's what we try to do for our clients. Big and gaudy is not uh, not what you do with your place for sure. Right? No, I mean, but, you know, it's sometimes to have a nice piece that's unique with the highest quality diamond and is only going to appreciate in value. Do you find a lot of people stepping up, meaning, you know, it's like you buy the first initial diamond, maybe a small yellow, then you go back in three or four years, say, I'd like to step up to a blue, oh, maybe a red, or yeah, a collection we, of... We get this all the time, and nobody has ever lost a penny right. uh, of buying a p- diamond and then getting into a, a, a better level. It's no different than buying a house. You know, you may start off with a three-bedroom house for 400000 or three fifty four hundred, and you start doing well and you need a four-bedroom house in a, a nicer area and it's six fifty. You know, well, right. you know, you're going to be able to sell that house and you're going to make some money on it. It's the same thing with natural fancy color diamonds. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver the number to start investing right now on therealmoneyshow.com. Darren, take us home. Well, listen, first off, let's thank everybody that attended our seminar this week. We had one in Kitchener on Colored Diamonds, and congratulations to the buyers who already stepped up to the plate and those that have been buying in the Kitchener area over the last month or so. 
And as Paul said, there's a variance of people buying. Some are buying just to hold. Some are buying to wear. And some, believe it or not, are doing both. So there are people that are getting the wealth to wear, putting a diamond ring on their finger, and holding a stone maybe in a safety deposit box that's just purely for uh, the gain on the diamond itself. Now, that being said, we spent a little bit of time this week talking about where the markets were at. Right now, silver and gold trading in very favorable ranges. Silver and gold are both up. Third week in a row, they're both up. Uh, They have both moved in a nice, steady, and consistent direction. There's been no blowouts so far. We did have some fluctuation earlier in the week, but by Thursday, uh, gold started to range higher coming into Friday morning when we were taping this show. And uh, silver, again, very nice to see that it's up in price. We're looking for pricing in gold of 1400 and in silver of 22 Those would be significant uh, resistance ranges. And if either is broken uh, and they coincide with some of the events we've been talking about over the show today, this would spell a huge leg up uh, movement in this bull market. So again, we're watching the, as we said off the top of the show, we're watching the junior miners. Usually stocks lead way. We've seen the junior miners do extremely well over the last number of days. That's the first part of what the technical analysis is telling us. We have seen really good support on any uh, small pullback in pricing. And uh, we're talking about some of the larger problems, too. As we pointed out in between, we have a chart this week uh, that um, is certainly a telltale sign of where we're heading. We talk about one of the major fundamentals and reasons for owning gold and silver uh, as being inflation. Inflation is a silent killer. You can't see inflation, and most uh, most often it happens when you're not even thinking about it. Uh, case in point, we go to the marketplace once a week and we buy groceries. Groceries are one of the key areas where inflation takes a huge bite out of our purchasing power. I have in front of me a chart which if anybody emails us or contacts us about this, I'd be happy to send them out to it. You can do some search uh, and find on Google, but it is called the breakfast inflation chart. Okay. And it's uh, an interesting chart showing us the last five years of inflation in some key things that we have here. And uh, coffee up 72% on wholesale. Uh, butter up 18%, wheat up 12 milk up 21%, orange juice 12%, sugar 6%, uh, bacon 42%. That's wrong. That's right. I mean, not good. Not good. Not good for the, the men who love the their bacon. bacon. That's it. <laughs> uh, but on the whole, you're seeing about a 24% average increase overall. Now, that is a far cry from what the government is actually telling us. The government is saying, hey, inflation's in check. We got these great low interest rates. And in fact, the argument of deflation has been floated out there by many analysts uh, time and time again. But when you look underneath of all that, what's lying there is the money printing. And when the money printing gets to what it has become, which is an uh, unbelievable, atypical, and historical amount Uh, you are going to see inflation long-term. It may not be hyperinflation, but inflation nonetheless. Oil is another example of a reason why you want to own gold and silver. Remember back to 2008, how we moaned and complained when the barrel of oil reached 150 per barrel. It was absolute chaos. You went to the uh, gas station, you had to put gas in your car, and all of a sudden it was $1.30 per liter. Mm. Well, here we are. Some six years later, since 2008, a barrel of oil has dropped some 25% down to just over 100 a barrel. And guess what we're paying right now? 
Buck 40, close Buck to. Buck 40. Right? Nobody's, Way more. Nobody says a word. Nobody says a word. Nobody even complains about it anymore. And those that do, they don't have a voice big enough to make change. So there is a very good case in point. Has your income reflected that change in inflation? It hasn't, and it won't. Consumers right now are not spending. We are not going out and buying what we're used to buying. We're not being material in that sense. We just got a report this week that, in fact, the unemployment rate in Canada has now risen to 7.1% with a loss of 9,400 jobs in the month of June. And these are reasons why, as an investor, the money that you do have saved up would be very logical spot to put it into gold and silver physical. But these are the months as well. June is when you 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 know there's house building, people are out in you know in the weather mm-hmm. and you should be creating jobs not losing jobs. I, I just saw on the TV moments ago as we're taping this says uh in the list of the 10 businesses that will close in Canada, uh, Lululemon and Blackberry. They're set to go down eventually. Lululemon like every, every female I know wears Lululemon pants. And yet they can't make it work. It's a right. sign of the times. Yeah, because man. Well, it did work for a while. Yeah, I only a small, you know. small percentage of people are able to stay with the times. Those that are wealthy, they weathered the storm. They got back the money and then some. They are the first to know and find out about the stock market and the changes in the stock market because they pay for the knowledge they receive from the people that support them. Remember, when you put your money in a bank, never forget those banks are responsible first and foremost to their investors. They are public entities. They are not going to be responsible to you. The common surf. Yeah. That's right. I, ex- I, I, you know, and if we ever had a financial crisis here in Canada, the bank would go ahead. Our central bank would go ahead, and they would recapitalize the banks. How would they do that? Your and my and the next guy's savings. That's exactly what would happen. We'd be no different than any other place in the world. It's exactly what would happen. But we sit here and we think that, hey, we're under an umbrella. We can't get wet from the storm. Well, what happens when the storm changes direction or that umbrella breaks? This is what's happening right now. Our stock markets have been very buoyant. The market uh, mentality has been very euphoric. We've talked about this. Paul also had an article this week, and a gentleman was talking about the four phases of the uh, bull markets, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to stocks. And he said it. Everybody knows this. It's skepticism. And then you you fall into line and you kind of become more familiar with it. So, of course, you buy into it. And then the optimism phase, the third phase, takes part. And then, of course, the fourth and final phase, which is the blow-off phase, is the euphoria. Now, within a normal bull market, that can happen several times. But we are due right now for a pullback in the stock markets, in the U.S. markets in particular. And that's of great concern and should be of great concern for good Canadian investors and those that are listening overseas and uh, in the U.S. to this show. Gold and silver are one way to combat that fear going forward and to protect yourself. It couldn't be easier to get gold and silver through Guildhall Wealth Management or a colored diamond. In fact, colored diamonds are even easier. You make the purchase. You send in the funds, you're happy with your purchase, you have a 10-day money-back guarantee, you get all the documentation and the stone that you chose, whether you come to see it in our office or not, gives you plenty of time, and it's shipped to you and you have it. You can put it away and make it into something to wear. In gold and silver, the accounts start very simple, 200 ounces of silver or 10 ounces of gold. Either way, it can be a combination of both. Remember this week and this week only for one week, we are going to uh, give away for every 100-ounce bar that's put into a depository account, we will give away one silver maple leaf as a freebie, as a thank you for the purchase. So we're happy to do that for our clients. And, And investing through Guildhall Wealth couldn't be easier. You make the phone call. You get the paperwork that's necessary to open the account. You decide how you'd like to set up your 
your account. The bullion is purchased, it's placed into your account, and remember, you have the option of titling uh, the account, the bars, having the serial numbers, and auditing your product whenever you like. This is not paper, this is not a promise down the road, and this is not metal you can't go see and touch. one eight seven seven eight silver the real money show dot com. Tell me more about the depository, Darren. It's a very, very uh, amazing, amazing way to keep your bullion. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we have had the pleasure of having on the likes of Gerald Salente, David Morgan, uh, the Aiden sisters, one half mm-hmm. of the Aiden sisters. Next week, we're having Dr. Jeffrey Lewis. He's a well-known analyst in the silver market in particular, writes a lot of articles for a lot of people. He'll be on the show, and they have all agreed up to this point that the safest way to house bullion is through a depository. That is the smartest way because... Because taking bullion home is cumbersome, it's dangerous, it represents a security threat if you don't know how to deal with it. And of course, the other thing is that when it comes to sell, you got to pick it up, put it in the wheelbarrow, get it in the trunk of the car and bring it all back before we can do anything with it. Right. If it's on hand in our storage facility in a depository account marked in your name, it's your bullion. If you have 10 100-ounce bars and you want to sell two of them, you get on the phone, we put you on hold, we come back with a price, it's done, you come the next day, pick up your check. That's how we do business, and that's how it's meant to be, liquid. So the depository is a very safe and secure way to do it. And, in fact, we can store bullion in the U.S. We can store bullion right here at home in Canada, and we can store bullion in Singapore. This gives options for international buyers, and anybody within the country can take bullion and store it in any of those locations for whatever reasons they'd like. So getting into the depository account is very simple and, again, starts with as little as 200 ounces of silver or 10 ounces of gold, and we'll make it worth your while again today, as we said, 100-ounce bars going into the depository account. Every one that you buy will give you a free silver maple leaf. Paul, the uh, Darren mentioned serial numbers, getting your serial numbers on your bars. Why is that important? Well, it means that that's segregated and it's allocated to you. Um, it's important that when you do that, that you own the bars, you know the bars. If, for example, you know, we have people come to the depository that have 10,000 ounces. <laughs> you know, that's 100 100 ounce bars and when you know the bars are numbered and you know they come they the pallet comes out they stand on the pallet we take a picture of them standing on their silver uh, they actually you know take tick off every bar that they own it's what you should you, sh- you know where it is you know mm-hmm. it's allocated to you um there's you know not to say that uh, not having the bars allocated is a bad thing. I mean, we have it in storage for you. We can sell it on a phone call. It's the same service, but some people feel a little bit more secure when they have the bar numbers. Um, it's their product, as Darren says. You have 10 bars. You want to sell, sell two bars, you give us the bar numbers that you want to sell. It's the best way to own gold, silver. And, you know, I like it uh, for the simple reason. It's an easy qu- liquidity. You know, you have... You know, if you want to go sell stock, we have a lot of clients that, you know, have uh, RSPs and they want to get out of some of the RSPs uh, and, you know, buy other products. You know, wherever they buy it from, wherever the brokerage house or whatever, it always takes a week, 10 days, two weeks to get your money back. Why should it take that long, you know, to do that, you know? If you make a transaction, you should have your money the next day. The other thing that we also offer at Guildhall is our precious metal advisor, which mm-hmm. is a weekly 
update and what's going on in the markets, especially in gold and silver and in natural fancy color diamonds. Why don't you tell this, us? Yeah, and this week is a perfect example okay. of why you should have it. We included a special report called the Executive Summary of New in Gold We Trust Report, <laughs> which is positive on gold, bullish on stocks. It's created. It's a report created by Incrementum AG. It's a 94-page report exclusive to uh, a very small handful of people. And basically what they're saying is a fairly conservative 12-month price target of around 1500 a level in gold and a long-term target of about 60 months of 2300 and a parabolic move to follow that. So very good news for gold going forward in this report. It talks a lot about what's happening in the world. It's something you get for free by subscribing to the Precious Mills Advisor for one year. And if you're a client, you'll continue to get that free of charge. That'll just about uh, wrap it up for another week. If this has piqued your interest, make that phone call, one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com.